oh God, just to see my sin upon I'll never know, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon Oh, sing, I'll never know, oh no, how much it costs to see my sin. Oh, sing it one more time, I'll never know. Just worship the Lord together right now uh, with our heart and our mind centered on you. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, all around you, just groups of five or six. This is my group here. Just turn, share your prayer requests, uh, and let's pray together. Just share your requests one with another tonight. In the name of Jesus, let's pray.
God of this city. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. And there is no one like our God. And there is no one like our God. For greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things are yet to come, greater things are still to be done in this city. Praise God. Let's give the Lord great praise right now. He's worthy. Come on, shout unto the Lord. A voice of thankfulness. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. We have a staff meeting tonight, so several of you are leaving. Amen. I, uh, let me have your attention just a minute. This weekend, uh, Brother Darren Adams is going to be with us. I don't have anybody's attention yet, very few. All right, I'll wait. I love attention. <laughs> I, need, I need about 10 good, strong men to move this, to move this piano back where it belongs. After service, I moved it by myself, but I was under the anointing of the Holy Ghost the first time. After service. <laughs> After service, we need to move it back. So how many of you going to help me raise in that way? I know we'll at least get a few. Thank you. Just pick it up and carry it around. Amen. Amen. Our, our auditorium will be back to its standard Sunday morning. I know, I know, I know. All of you that like the auditorium like this, raise your hand. There you go. It is what it is. We'll be back to it. All you that want to go to a different church when we change it, you're welcome to go. Um, but, but it will be back to normal this weekend. 
So I'll have some guys fixing that tomorrow. Amen. Staff meeting, you guys go ahead. You know who you are? Department, I'm sorry, department head meeting. They're getting us organized for the year. Amen. If you have offering, just wave it, Butch, real big. Just wave it, and he'll come to you. He'll work his way around. Just keep, keep your eye on him. I want you to know I love you. I love you. I think about you all day. Many times we wake up. We got a text this morning about 3 o'clock needing to pray for somebody. And you are always, like Willie Nelson's song, you're always on my mind. Maybe I didn't love you. <laughs> oh, don't strike me dead. You were always on my mind. You ever heard that, Kay? Uh, you need to hear that sometime. <laughs> i done a funeral one time. They had that at the funeral. My God, you can't get a sadder song at a funeral. Maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. If I made you feel second best, church, I'm sorry I have tried. But you were always on my mind. <laughs> Y'all start throwing money, I'll stop. <laughs> Amen. Come expect, yes, ma'am. Okay, I love it too, and it is, a, it is a God thing, but I felt enough disturbance in the upper atmosphere to fix it back for now. Um, and, and here's why. I don't want any distractions. Some people can handle change. Some people have been eating the same uh, uh, lay for years. So some people just cannot handle change. They're going to go to hell if we don't fix it back. So... You know, and I don't want Brother Mike Williams and Sister Rhonda Beecham to go to hell. I do not want them lost over the over the arrangement of the chairs. That would just be junior. That I couldn't live with that. I couldn't dance around the throne and think about them dying lost because I've moved the chairs around. But Dana, it's good to have you back. God bless you. Glad you're here. Amen. Randy, it's good to see you. And I love that song you sent me. I was almost going to play it tonight. Amen. Uh, I will play it when the service soon. Amen. But it's it's. Uh, here's what I want to tell you, Brother Darren Adams has been connected in a spiritual way to this church for many years, and he is the one that first prophesied in our old building about a a, a fountain springing up out of the out of the middle of that church and flowing into this city, a fountain that we would love people. Uh, in an amazing way that we would love this city and reach them with that fountain of love that would come up out of that, the middle of that sanctuary and flow through the city. And obviously I wasn't here, but the last time he was here, he really, really ministered and prophesied over this church again. So he is coming back Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Very, bring your dictionary. Uh, sometimes you need it when Darren preaches. Uh, so just bring you a handy dictionary. Uh, but uh, he really is anointed with the Spirit. And so I don't want to give the devil any any reason. I don't want there to be confusion. So we're gonna we're gonna go back and stack it up like dominoes, and we're gonna have it. I don't want him to be distracted in any way because this circle can be distracting. 
when you're trying to preach and minister, and I don't want that, and I don't want you distracted. But if I do that, would you get your rear end here early and pray? How's that? Is that plain? That was kind of plain, wasn't it? Because we don't get spiritual progress without spiritual exercises and spiritual disciplines. So I need you to I need you to pray because I really feel like God's trying to push us forward, and we need to be sensitive and we need to be praying. Because if you're not praying, you you can't. If you ain't trying to punch your ticket, it's hard to get on the train. Amen. So we got to get with the program and the spirit if we want spiritual things. So I would sure appreciate that. I have just successfully cut myself back to twenty, no, to thirty-three minutes. So I better get moving. We are working through a, a study called Worthy Goals for 2020. And it just keeps spreading on me. Worthy Goals for 2020. And uh, uh, that's not going to work very long. I don't know. You can try as long as it will. But there's supposed to be another uh, PDF that would have my scriptures. He said that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Do you have that? Okay. Uh, strengthen. All right, first, verse 10. I'll get my head together here in a minute. I've sent several things. I'm trying to get them fixed for They don't have to do all that, but I'm, I'm, I've sent them two different things today. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This scripture, just leave it there a minute, is the key for this, this study. Worthy goals, walking worthy, putting some effort into it. If you have anything that's of worth right now, it costs somebody something. Anything of value, anything that has worth, somebody has to pay for it. There ain't no free lunch. Ain't, yeah, and don't tell the kids, but there ain't no Santa Claus, like Brother Mike said. If, if there's Santa Claus coming to your house, it's because you got up and did it. Amen. So, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen. How are we going to get there? You say, I don't know that I can pull this off. You can't by yourself. But you are strengthened with all might. How? According to his glorious power. You're not going to do it on your own. It's going to be according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering. With joyfulness. Listen, look at those three things that's got to be going on. Look, don't throw that out. If you're trying to make bread without uh, flour, you ain't going to get there. Okay, there's some people trying to live for God without certain ingredients. You can't do it. It don't work. It ain't going to come out. All right? So there's, there's some main ingredients here. Undo all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. I mean, you got to have all three of them, and they're all hard. It's hard to keep all three of them going. When you're having to deal with something that takes long suffering, it's hard to have joy at the same time. You understand what I'm saying? It's hard to combine the two, amen, or the three, amen. Patience is another one. Oh, we're good at that here. 
the nation with a fast food place on every corner. You can tell how good we do patience. How many of y'all have a microwave in your home? Raise your hand, just keep it up. There's a few that don't. Raise your hand if you've got a microwave in your home. We are, we're, we've got quite a few. We've got quite a few. And if that microwave goes out, how long does it take you to buy another one? About a day, maybe a week, depending on when you get paid. Amen. So it, we're, we're not real good with combining these. He said in verse 12, Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers, what are we to be partakers of? The inheritance of the saints in light. So our first goal, 2020 goal, is to grow in our faith. That was, we've already talked about that. That's long gone. We talked about the goal of writing the laws of God on our hearts. Getting this year something transferred from the page into your heart. Making it stick making it fix you, making it work on you. Get it off the page, get it into your heart. The next, the third thing was to pursue the joy of Jesus because life gets sad sometimes. Life gets difficult. Life has a lot of disappointments and you've got to learn to pursue the joy of Jesus in spite of your circumstances, okay? That's such a worthy goal. Because if you can get there, if you can pursue the joy of Jesus in spite of what's going on in your life, it will do so much for you. It will help you so, so, so much. Then number four was to develop our hope in and toward God. To develop that hope in and toward God. We got too many people counting on things that ain't going to last. That person next to you ain't going to last. Sorry, I'm just being real. You counting on me as your pastor? I won't always be here. Something will happen. Either you'll get sick of me or I'll die, one of the two. But yeah, I will not always be here. Okay? So we put our confidence, your job, you think some people get so helped up about their job or their house or their boyfriend or their girlfriend or this or that. Honey, that's... It's all, none of that's permanent. So we have to learn to develop our hope in and toward God so that when this drops out from under us, we're still supported. I love, I love, 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 love the illustration uh, that brother, um, can't think of his name right now, pastors in Paris, Texas. He, he had a dream one day and the Lord had him dangling over Niagara Falls. Anybody ever been to Niagara Falls? I've been there. It is, I mean, you would not want to be dangling over Niagara Falls uh, from, a, from a thread. And, and he, he was dangling, he said in the dream, he was dangling over Niagara Falls. And he was like, I'm, I'm dead, I'm gone. And then he was moved by whatever this was, moved and dropped onto the ground. And he was like, oh, this feels so good. You know, it feels so good to be on, on good solid ground. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you were just as safe while dangling over that falls as you were on the ground because, listen to this, your support has never been from beneath. Your support has always been from above. Amen. So we got to realize that. We put our hope in a lot of things uh, and, and it's going to disappoint us. 
I'm going to tell you something. You better not even put your hope in yourself because you'll disappoint yourself one of these days. Your hope has got to be in God. And that needs to be a goal that you develop this year, that I can have hope in him no matter what happens to, to in my life, no matter what goes on around me. And all of these goals build on one another somewhat like, a, like building a house, and we're continuing on our pursuit of worthy goals. And we start back with number five, which is the worthy goal of having a conscience void of offense. Okay, in Acts 24 and 14, he said, But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets. He said, Having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. And then he makes this profound statement, verse 16, So I... Always take pains. Now, this is this is another version I think I'm reading. He said, I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. Both God and man. Your conscience needs to be clear both to God and man. And, and, and it's important that that you accept that responsibility. That's not anybody else's responsibility. That is your responsibility. Nobody can do that for you. Amen. Let me change uh, notes here. That's just, that's, uh, I got started with those. All right, now I'm ready to roll. I hope you're staying with me, Bo. I'm sorry to do this to you. In our current environment, I'm just dropping right back into where I left off of this goal. Uh, I'm not going to repeat all the above. But in our current environment, it's not easy for one who serves God to keep his conscience free from offense. There's always something infringing on your conscience. Paul worked to accomplish a clear conscience. His conscience before God was solid. It was not hollow. There was no leak, no hole, no offense, no guilt, no sin or accusation in his conscience. And since Paul's conscience had been dealt with before God, he could say that his conscience was without offense. Therefore, he was a man who served God and was also a man of prayer. When you get an offense in your conscience, either toward God or toward somebody, it interferes with your progress. It interferes with your ministry. That's why it's important to fix stuff. I can only think of one person right now that I need to fix something with, and if it, and if it, and if you're another, if you're the second one, please tell me, send me a letter, do something. But the only one I can think of right now is earlier this year I told some of you a story. A guy really, really seriously threatened to kill me three times. He said, "Our oh, brother, brother uh, Nolan was there when he did it," and I've I've had trouble going and talking to him because I've never had anybody that seriously want to kill me, and especially because they were under the influence of something, but not enough to get away with that, would you say, Brother Nolan? And, and so, I, number one, I, I, I don't know how to go to somebody that said they want to kill you. That's a little intimidating. I don't know if I should take my gun too. Just trying to work through this thing. But I'm going to fix it. 
I've been praying about it this week. I don't know how to get to that man. I don't know how how bad he's um, how bad the the drugs that he's on influences him. And I'm talking about prescription meds. I'm talking about a lot. It's, it was it was a very weird situation. You'll know the whole story. I'll tell it to you not tonight. Uh, but anyway, so I, but I don't want to. I I want him to have things right with other people, and I want to have things right with God. And if I don't have that, it interferes with what I'm doing. And you say, oh, that's so much trouble. Yes, but it's worth it. It's worth it to have a conscience void of offense. Amen. Paul, his conscience was supporting him because there was no flaw in it. And by the cleansing of the precious blood, we must keep our conscience free from any offense so that we can be men of prayer, women of prayer, without our prayers being hindered. I'm enough hindrance to my prayer life without having something wrong. Okay? So, when Paul testified before the council, he could proclaim that he had lived in all good conscience before God to that day. This did not just happen by chance. Paul described his efforts as an exercise or a work. It took constant effort. It required willingly denying himself and always considering the will of the Lord. The same principles hold true for anyone else who desires the testimony of a good conscience and void of offense. I'm going to tell you something. If you lose your pliability, you're going to have a rough time living for God. Amen. They won't even let you in a daycare as a kid if you can't get along with others. Like the little book, Everything I Need to Know I Learned Where? Kindergarten, thank you. Who said that? Yeah, did you read the book? Everything I, where'd you learn to walk in line? Kindergarten. Everything you need to know, you learn in kindergarten. It's just you get older and cranky and ugly and fussy and said, why do we need 12 years then? All right, so uh, relationships always affect us, okay? Uh, it, if, if we're going to, it required him willingly denying him, himself, considering the will of God, and the same principles hold true for anybody else who desires the testimony of a good conscience void of offense. Just, just please be ready. Things are not always going to go like you want them to go. They're not. If you're in a group, they're going to go eat somewhere you don't like. I'm serious. You know, if, if you're in a group, somebody's going to have perfume on you don't like. I'm burning up in here tonight. And Sister Nanny was freezing to death. I didn't know she was going to meeting. I'd have turned to, I wouldn't have worried about her. I thought she was going to be in here. See, that's part of, the less easily you are offended, the easier it is to have a good conscience toward men. You understand what I'm saying? If you got to go around fixing stuff every day, that gets pretty old. You know what they say about that person, if everybody you meet is going the wrong direction? You might be going the wrong way. Amen. So you got to work on that. And relationships always affect us. How we feel about others affects us. 
Paul's attitude toward others helped him as well in a, in maintaining a good conscience before God. He said, so I always take pains. It's worth the effort, he was saying. It takes work, Brother Junior. It, it's a job. It's I mean, how do you get, if you're married, how do you get along with your spouse? It takes Y'all ought to live with the person I live with. You think you have it rough? <laughs> She's got it rough. <laughs> See, y'all thought I was talking about her. I was. That woman's got it rough. I'm telling you. She married a spoiled brat, and it's tough, but she should have known I was the baby of the family. Amen. Actually, my siblings are so far removed, I was an only child. But <laughs> So notice the principles concerning others. Listen to this. Let's really focus on this for a minute. He, this, is what, this is what helped Paul function, okay? This is what helped him be who he was. It's, uh, he is undeniably one of the greatest apostles. He was an awesome man. He dealt with so much, y'all, beaten, uh, rejected, uh, all those things, starved, imprisoned. All kinds of stuff. But listen to what makes him the success he is. 1 Corinthians 9 and 19, he said, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. Listen to that attitude. When most people are saying, Bless God, I'll do what I want to. You ain't telling me what to do. And I ain't going to fit in with your little program. Paul was saying, for though I be free from all men, I don't have to do nothing. Yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. He said, so under the Jews, what did I do? I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, I became as one under the law, even though I didn't have to. He said, I did it because of others. I wanted to serve others that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law. He said, I became to them as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. And he said that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. He said, I am made all things to all men that I might by all means Save some. You need to work at anybody that comes to you. They never need to feel like you think you're better than them. That includes children. You know, a society is judged by how it treats its weakest. That's why I love the way you folks treat people. I love it when people walk in and they say, I feel welcome here. Amen. You know, we, we involve people that don't fit everything that you're supposed to look like or be like if you're this way, if you're supposed to be. And people say, ooh, aren't you nervous about that, Pastor? No, because this ain't judgment day. And if they don't hear the voice of God, they're going to be lost. It's my job to try to include them and hold them and involve them and bring them in and give them every single chance to get right. I told somebody today, I said, 
if, if, if I'm dealing with somebody that's my sister's age, I want to deal with them like I would want my own sister dealt with. If I'm dealing with your kids, I'm going to deal with your kids like I would want my kids dealt with. If I'm dealing with one of our elders, I want to treat them like I would want my mom and dad treated. And it's easy for you to sit back in a position of judgment and say, oh, you ought to do this and you ought to do that. I'll answer for what I do as a pastor of this church. And we've got to make people feel like they are welcome and they are included and they are a part. What did the Bible say about wheat and chaff? Huh? Talk to me. He said, let it grow up together. I'll deal with it. I know the difference. God knows the difference. And I, at times in my life, I've been both. I've been the chaff sometimes. Oh, I know some of you look at me like you ain't never been the chaff. You so blind, you the chaff right now. Oh my God. We got to stretch, y'all, if we're going to reach people. We got to stretch. We got to get, if you ain't reaching nobody if you don't get out of your comfort zone, I promise you that. And there ain't no church reaching nobody if they don't get out of their comfort zone. If everything has to fit exactly your little boxed in opinion, there's going to be a lot of people that don't get a chance. Paul said, I'm stretching myself as far as I can stretch myself. Amen. He knew that God could sort all this out. Amen. Notice what Paul says to Timothy about his conscience. He said, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. Holding faith and a good conscience. Notice what he said, which some having put away concerning faith, they made a shipwreck out of their life. Amen. You've got to work on this. It's worth the effort. He mentions it again to, to uh, Timothy and 2 Timothy. I won't go there. Anyway, we must work hard to have a conscience that's void of offense. We must strive to be right with the Lord. As Brother Neely used to say, do right, right. You can do right, wrong. You got to do right, right. You, yeah, that's what I just said. Right, that's what I said. Do right, do right, do right. Anybody remember that old song? Do right, right. We must strive to keep things right in our relationship with others. Ask God to show you any problems in your conscience. Because here's the deal, like I told you last week, you... You can't, you can't, uh, if you argue with your conscience, you don't change it. You harden it. And you keep trying to do something long enough. It gets easier and easier and easier and easier. And finally, your conscience is hardened. So I'm telling us right now, I mean, and I'm... 
If, if, if you're over five years old, you better pray this prayer. Because there are things that the enemy has got in under the seed, in under the skin of your life. He has planted seed that when he's ready, they're kind of what they call these people that are hidden, they're just waiting on the, the sleeper cells. You hear me, hear me well. The devil knows how to plant sleeper cells in you. And when this goes wrong and that goes wrong, and when this person said something to you and that pastor offended you, he goes, boom, wake up sleeper cell. And that sleeper cell comes alive and because you've already got these things in your life, you don't even get a chance to block it. And it blasts you in the in the brain, in your mind, and that's all you can think about, and it slams you to the floor, and you never get up again. I'm telling you right now, every person under the sound of my voice, the devil has a sleeper cell in you. And you've got to keep your, you've got to say, God, that's why the prayer of David was, search me, oh God. Because you can't find it. You've let it get under the skin. You've slipped it by. You've gave it permission to be there. It wasn't that harmful. The, the, you know, you fought with it a little while. So I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that. Man. And then you kind of let it settle in. It's just kind of a, a slow, steady thing that the devil slides those things in. And he gets them where he wants it. And he backs away and leaves them there. And you think it's finished. You think it's done. You think it's over. David said, Jesus, Jesus, oh God, search my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Try me, oh God. Ask God to show you any problems in your conscience. Ask the Lord to protect your conscience. Ask the Lord to protect your conscience. Who's he protecting it from? Yeah. Do you feel that tug to, say, to go to somebody and apologize for something? And you say, oh, it wasn't that bad. I don't need to apologize. That wasn't that serious. Okay. See, he, he's, he's, he's trying to work on us, and we're working against him. And so... Ask God. We're talking. I know where I'm at. I'm still on the right topic, and I'm quitting in time. All of you that are already sucking in oxygen, I'm getting there. I'll be done in just a second. I love it when people think the preacher can't see. I see everything. I can see what's going on behind me right now. Do you understand that? I have eyes in the back of my head like your mama. You've got to have your conscience protected because you're always trying to, because, I mean, it's, it, it gets tiring sometimes staying up with your nasty self. Why? The Bible says, watch your heart. Your heart is desperately wicked. Look at your neighbor and say, you're wicked. 
You're not just wicked. Tell them you're desperately wicked. I don't mean to make you feel good about yourself tonight. Little Robert's desperately wicked. I know. He's just, I know. Charlie, you're desperately wicked. There's so much wickedness inside of you. If it ever gets released uncontrolled by God, there's no telling what you'll do. <laughs> See, David knew that. He knew that you could go from what he did to approving and bringing about the murder of a man who you just had an affair with his wife. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't a bad guy. He's the same guy. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not fear. That's not what he wrote. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not fear. He the same one. But you get all teary-eyed about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hey, seen you right. I, I, I had a little situation with his wife. Um, send him into the heat of the battle, and when it really gets hot and heavy, pull everybody back and leave him right there where he'll get killed. I shall not want. You thought you were bipolar. He's right, and the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. He leaves me beside the still waters. Hey, take over, Uriah. You see what I'm saying? You're not crazy, y'all. If you struggle, you're not crazy. Where you're crazy is trying to keep, protect yourself from the one that's trying to help you. Amen. When you try to, when you try to make it right. I mean, I, like I told you one Sunday morning not long ago, I, whatever you struggle with, if you're still struggling when you die, let that be the last thing you repent of. You say, Pastor, that is stupid. Ah, maybe so. Get another pastor. I don't care. I'm just telling you what I've experienced living all my years is that there's people that struggle with stuff for a while. But who scares me is those who quit struggling with it and just make excuses for it and accept it in their life. And then try to twist the scripture around to fit it. That's insanity. I'd rather be fighting than giving up to it. Amen. So... Okay. Nah, these folks got to get up early in the morning. So I end this section in all of my work for two, three days. I didn't even get started on it. Um, when we continue, we will be continuing with it's a worthy goal to produce fruit unto holiness. Man, I got a lot of stuff I want to cover in that. I got several pages. I'm so sorry you worked on all those scriptures and we're not even using half of them. Try to save them somewhere. I promise I'm coming back to you. Unless the Lord comes or I go. Um, but the section on uh, 
But pull us up Psalm 51. I didn't even put that one in there for you. Uh, pull us up Psalm 51, and we're just going to read it together and close as our prayer. Um, Psalm 51, when you have it, just put it up. There's something that has to, to get a hold of us like it got a hold of David. And it's got to be a, something that we pray often. Um, this was when Nathan the prophet came to him and he told Nathan a story, or he told David a story about a man who had plenty of sheep and went and stole a sheep from a man that just had one. And David got so mad. And the prophet said, what should we do to him? And David said, well, Course, let's kill him. All you that are quick to pass judgment, you might want to slow down. Because the prophet looked at him and said, Okay, you're the man. <laughs> you thought that was original. Nathan said, You're the man. Man. And so he starts this. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Just leave this one on a minute. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. You need that for you, and you need to pray that for others. It's amazing how we can get mad at somebody else's flaw and we don't get frustrated with our own. We can get angry with them and it's always theirs is different. And because theirs is different, you know, we justify being angry at them, you know. I got... Yesterday, I took Joseph. Joseph is my black cat that come up as a stray. And my other two strays, um, they look alike. They're like a team. And we get Joseph, and he don't look like them. He's a totally different color. And uh, they hate him. One of them just fights him constantly, like the Tories ear off the other day. So I, I took Joseph and... He was the only one that hadn't been neutered yet. If you don't know what that is, look it up in the dictionary. And so I took Joseph yesterday and had Joseph neutered. So they're all on an equal playing field, and I'm going to see if that fixes their fighting. I, I've been told that it would, that, that it'll stop all the fighting. But I'm afraid they thought he had something they didn't have, which he did. She's trying to be my wife tonight. She's trying to shut me down. <laughs> Sister Boone, where are you, baby? But a lot of times when somebody has something we don't have and they act different than we act, we get mad and claw and fight. And Paul said, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. And David said, Lord, 
I need your loving kindness and your tender mercies. Brother Powell was helping me with a situation earlier this year, and he said, Brother Boone, he said, when I went through some stuff with as a pastor with, with some people, he said, I prayed this prayer every day for them. Lord, deal with them according to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Pray for them like you would want somebody praying if it were you or your children. Go to the next one. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. <laughs> You're, all of you that have raised boys, go take a bath. 30 seconds, they're back. Did you take a bath? Yeah. Did you use soap? No. <laughs> and sometimes our bath, we don't use soap, we don't use rag, we just get wet for a minute. That's what some people do in the baptistry, they just get wet. <laughs> he said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I'll tell you how you need to wash yourself. Anybody ever get in the trash and you're taking the trash out and something falls apart and you reach down to pick it up and you get a handful of maggots? That ever happened to anybody besides me? Thank you for being honest. Some of you are lying right now. I promise you, honey, you wash your hands thoroughly when that happens to you. You wash, you get a brush, you just feel, ah, I can't get that off of me. And that's what we need to do in the presence of God. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Next verse. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Some people never realize that. They, they just try to justify it and go on. Keep going. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Our world is arguing with this right now. They don't want to accept that. They want to think they're okay. So what they do is just nature. So, you know, I was born this way, this and that. No, you, 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 you have a proclivity. The word is proclivity. You have a proclivity to sin, and you have to fight it. Can't nobody fight that for you. You have to pull yourself back. Amen. Uh, anytime I think about this, I, I, I remember my dad raised trees. I hated them. I hated my dad. I hated the five-gallon buckets he made me take water to. That's why I look like I do because I started carrying five-gallon buckets of water when I was too short. I'd drag them. My dad was too tight to buy a water hose. So why buy a water hose if you got a kid in five-gallon buckets? That would be dumb. So dragging it. And, 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 and those trees, they would, they would lean. They'd because of the way the wind constantly blew. So all of my life, I have this mental image of my dad has, you know, you cut off a piece of water hose and you run your wire around it so the, so the wire don't cut into the tree. You have a little piece of water hose around it. Tie it up there to the top of the tree. Pull that tree back the direction it needs to go. You drive a stake in real deep and you wrap that wire around it and it holds that tree right there. And I've always envisioned that 
Philip Mitchell, I see myself that way. I have to be anchored on. Glad to have you. They're telling me it's time to quit. I promised to quit at a certain time. Amen. But he said, I was shaping in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Honey, if you're going to survive, you've got to tie off. You've got to tie yourself off to an uprightness with God. Amen. Roll it. I'll let you read the rest of it for yourself. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inner parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Go ahead, roll it quick. If we can read faster than that. Keep going. There we go. There we go. Just leave that one alone. Would you stand together with me, Lord Jesus? You're so good to us. Oh, God, you're good to us. As Brother Joe says, every time you ask him how he's doing, Lord, better than I deserve. You've been so merciful and so kind. Lord, I ask you to help us with our conscience. God, I ask you to help us to have a conscience void of offense toward both you and to other people. Help us fix things when they need to be fixed. Help us learn to apologize and to repent. Help us to keep our heart clear and know that we've got to be anchored off because we have a proclivity to lean towards certain things. Help us to have a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. We need your help, Jesus. We need your mercy. Could you just love him now? Would you just lift your heart and your hands? God, I love you. I worship you, Jesus. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your mercy in my life, God. I thank you for all the good things that you have done in my soul, oh God. I thank you for being kind to me, for being long-suffering with me, God. You are so worthy of praise. You're worthy of high praise. God, I worship you, and I acknowledge your authority. I acknowledge your lordship. I want you to be able to have your way in my life. I worship you, I God bless you, those of you men that are going to help, going to move this piano. I am helping you. Thank you for helping me. Amen. God bless you.